Anything else happen that would be something that uh, you could share with us? Well, one of them started calling me girlfriend, which I thought was a little weird. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Poder. I'm Carolee Poder. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees with a sex expert cougar mother. And her stand-up comic son, Cameron. I'm feeling like shit, people. Yeah, he, and no offense, you look like shit. Thank you, mother. <laughs> you, you look a little better than you did like a half hour ago, but you still look like exhausted. I am exhausted. Uh, let me tell you why. This past weekend, I had an experience of a lifetime. I was a, a counselor at an overnight camp. For it was a grief camp, so I, I was, I was um, counseling or counseloring for nine, eight to ten year old, six to eight year olds. My head is so not here. Right now. <laughs> Basically, you did a wonderful thing. I mean, it's actually a saint-like thing, what you did. I, I can't even imagine going through that it's, on so many levels. That was so a beautiful, the, beautiful so thing. All the, kids, all the kids had lost a parent pretty much at such a young age. So they were all like very tragic deaths like murder, suicide, car accidents, cancers, very intense. And, and you, for listeners that just tune in for the first time or aren't aware of it, um, also had a parent who died. Obviously, it's not me. <laughs> but but you, your, your father was murdered, and so I think if anyone can relate to these children, it's you. Well, the other thing that was... It's an unbelievable thing. The other thing that was interesting was that most of the kids lost their fathers, not their mothers. So uh, of of our nine campers in my my cabin, eight of them had lost a father, not a mother. I wonder why that. So, so, like, they looked at me as a father figure. A lot of them started calling me. Two of them started calling me dad. Oh. And then they wake me up by, like, jumping on me in the morning. Calling you like, daddy. Wake and, up, like, trying daddy. to get in bed with me. Like, to oh. snuggle. Oh. oh, they're like little bear cubs. I know. It's so cute and so sad. Oh, it breaks my heart. I know. It was very trying. I, I slept, like, Maybe two hours a night. I'll tell you why, though. It wasn't because the kids were keeping me up. It was because one of my co-counselors snored like a fucking chainsaw. It's, I, mean, I, <laughs> oh swear, I told him he has to get checked for sleep apnea because I've never heard anything that intense in my life. The kids slept right through it, but me and my two... We had the four counselors in the cabin, so the two other ones that weren't snoring like a fucking madman... Uh, were were uh, also kept up by this thing. It is very annoying. Very annoying. How have you dealt with sleep? When you've had sleepovers with other people, how do you deal with the snoring? Me? Uh-huh. Well, sleepovers like with my current boyfriend who also snores and not just doesn't even just snore. He actually shouts things out in his sleep, which is, I, I think <laughs> I could take the snoring much easier than these random shout outs. <laughs> And and they're not like he's not like distressed. They're like shouting out things that you know, like everyday events. <laughs> it it's so disturbing though. I feel like I'm in the middle of like, you know, some sort of a torture because you're sleeping soundly and someone shouts out something out of the clear blue and you're and you're like, What the fuck? And then you can't go back to sleep. So what do you do? Sleep in different bedrooms. 
<laughs> it's it saved our relationship. So I mean, you, we'll start out together, and then he'll gradually go somewhere else. No, gradually, like yeah, well, over he, months, or just no, no. We'll start out. We'll hang out in bed and do our thing, and then and it's not sexual. Okay, I know where you're going with that. No, it could be just watching TV or whatever, or just cuddling, or just whatever. And then he'll just like gradually go into some other room and sleep, um, which some works for him. And it works, yeah, wherever he ends up. And it works better for us as a couple. And, you know, I'd like to hear from people out there. If, if any of you had problems sleeping with your loved one, and have you found that it's helped to sleep in different bedrooms? Because <laughs> it's definitely helped our relationship. I don't do well with sleep depth. Oh, I do not either. As you can tell, I feel very sickly right now. Anyway, do you have any questions about uh, death camp? Yes. What do you, what would you say was the most rewarding part of it? I think um, seeing how much these little boys needed love and affection and, and providing that was felt very good. I mean, they were constantly, t- they wanted to just hold my hand or hug me at all times. Many of them. So, and, so, so sweet. Anything else happened that would be something that, uh, you could share with us. Well, one of them started calling me girlfriend, which I thought was a little weird. <laughs> okay. I don't know why he was a little six-year-old tyke. He was calling me girlfriend. Okay, that's odd. Okay. I had to tell him I'm not your girlfriend. <laughs> and he kept trying to kiss me as well. Oh, my God. This, this is a very confused young man. <laughs> he was very, very confused. Well, I... I truly believe this is what's known as a, a mitzvah. Uh, it, it's, it, it's an act of true generosity and your part, it must have been very difficult for you. You know, I don't, you know, having to work through your own issues and not being able to speak about them. I thought at first it was going to be very hard for me to go through this because I think I, I, I was nervous. It was going to start storing emotions for me about group. I, I, but honestly, I mean, there were a couple moments where I was like, oh, I wonder how I would answer that question. Because they're literally getting drawn through all these grief activities. Yeah, who's directing all these activities? I mean, is there like a gr- of some sort? There's a very rigid schedule. Um, and th- there are grief specialists and um, uh, counselors and all, all these different people that are involved in this. I thought I was going to be triggered by this. But honestly, I was just trying to you know, keep the kids from killing themselves. <laughs> like and, and he hitting each other, so I had no time to even worry about my own grief. Were you able to get something from it though? Any of the activities? Did you do anything that affected you? Uh, I think may, honestly, the main takeaway for the way that it affected me the most with regard to Dad was because it was um, realizing that I I feel like I had adopted a lot of parenting techniques from him, and so the same way that the kids, you know. Uh, revered me, I felt like I revered dad. And so that was very, um, it was a weird uh, cha- change in dynamic. Actually. Like a, the, the flip a flip, a flip side of the album. Yes, it was the flip side. Yeah. That, yeah, but that's cool that you were able to see something positive from this all. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it really, it then reaffirmed my belief of how important relationships are. Really? Okay. I mean, that was my main takeaway, you know, because when you're surrounded by kids talking about... a broken relationship, yeah. Who talking about how they lost a parent and uh, 
you know how challenging that was and you you it's hard to compare any um anything else like a career or item or any anything to a relationship it really is remarkable how powerful that is were they helping each other and then uh, yeah, that's the whole goal to get them to help each other. But honestly, the the kids my age or the my age group, the six to eight year olds, were the youngest ones. Don't really have the capacity to really understand their grief. I mean, they they know it's sad, and they I mean, but their their attention span is too short that they're fucking running around from thing to thing. Yeah, and I wonder how much of 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 that running around and you know hyperactivity is because of the fact that they don't. That they have trauma in their life and they haven't really worked all that through, and so they're bouncing off the walls. Or yeah, is it because they? I think they're kids. I think that's what kids do, kind of. I don't think all kids are that hyper, are they? I don't know. I don't know. You, and they were pretty high. I mean, were they pretty normal? I think they were pretty normal outside of their. I, they were calling me dad and you know, girlfriend. Yeah. And trying like constantly, constantly trying to touch me or, or impress me. I don't know. And I don't know how I've never been a counselor at another camp, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about such other delicate issues, but I think you're right. Little boys, especially, are just like, like I just remember one of your birthday parties when my brother came in and you and all your friends decided to just like kick him in the balls. I mean, just the guys were just jumping all over him and hitting him, and yeah, so that sounds like a very similar type of situation. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were they were nuts, but it was great. It was awesome. Well, would you ever be a camp counselor again? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think I intend to go back to this camp. Uh, Maybe with older kids. Counselor? Really? Like teenage kids? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they, that would be a diff- much different experience because they really register what happened and stuff like that. I mean, do you remember when when you first, you know, right after your dad's death that you went away to a camp, to like a uh, 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 like a, it was a, a camp- summer trip, yeah. Summer trip, and uh, you didn't tell anybody. You didn't tell one soul of what happened. On the trip, I didn't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't do any of the the grief work, um, the the group communal grief work that these kids were doing. I mean, you could see from the beginning to the end that they were, they had to say so many times like, my father's name was blank, and he died from blank, and. He, oh, was, wow. he was this, he was, I was this year, I'm this year's old. Or, it was just like really intense. They, but and, and helpful, I suppose, helpful. to be able to get it out as opposed to holding it in. So this is probably going to affect them for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. Now, can these com- kids come back? They can come back once. They, mm-hmm. You can do two year two years. That's it. And I, and I found it interesting that you told me that you weren't able to tell them how your father died. Yeah, so we're not allowed to share how that we, we had we, who we lost or how they were lost. We just can our the maximum we can say is uh, we've we have experience with grief as well. But honestly, the kid, <sighs> I mean, one of the kids did ask, ask that question, and we kind of just uh, circumnavigated that. That we basically were like, let's change the subject. Yeah, kind of because they don't want you to. Um, create a stronger bond with some of the kids. Like if you have some, some people only lost, not only some people lost like a distant relative or some of the counselors lost a distant relative and they don't have as much grief as like, uh, or experience with grief as someone who's lost a a father or mother. And so you, it allows apparently, apparently if you share that you start creating like bonds between certain counselors and campers that others. yeah, Yeah. I could see that. 
But the whole time there was a kid with a murdered father in my cabin. I just the whole time I wanted to tell him, "You're not alone. There are other people who have murdered fathers." And uh, I couldn't say that. Think it makes a difference though, like how your dad died. Uh, yeah, I think that he stuck out a little bit. Um, it it definitely does. Like six of the kids lost their parents to cancer, so they felt like they were, you know, able to commune with one another. Uh, was the other kid was like he didn't even know how to say my dad was murdered. He was like, my dad got beat up by bad guys. Oh, jeez. It was that's, really yeah. bad. It's really, really upsetting. Yeah. Wow, you're a very brave person, hon. Yeah, well, I felt like I should, I mean, this is, I was, who, who can do this other than someone who has gone through this? Yeah. Still very brave and very generous. Yeah. Proud of you. Thanks, mother. You always make me feel like I'm a worthless piece of Locks. Why are you worthless? <laughs> you cr- you created me. You could have done this camp. You I know. I probably should be doing stuff like this, and I don't do it. No, I mean, I think this is rare. This is a rare opportunity. When you come out here, you you'll get involved. Okay. Any updates on your end? Yeah, I just had my first experience of putting mascara and eyeliner on. Talk about going from the sublime to the ridiculous. Wait, wait. What do you mean, your first experience putting eyeliner on? In, since I had my eye surgery, which oh, you don't notice eye, any difference, apparently. Since your eye surgery, you put since on mascara. eye surgery, I was not allowed to put on mascara, and I felt naked without it. So now I'm able to walk around with na- I feel like a new human being because I'm wearing makeup. Do you feel, do you feel, how, what is the difference? I don't notice any difference right now because my eyes are still swollen. But the point is that at least I can put on eyeliner and, and mascara. You never realize how important that is to a woman. Yeah. What? How does it make you feel different? It makes me feel young and vibrant again. <laughs> I don't know. It just I felt naked without my, my mascara and eyeliner. But anyway, I digress because that is like the most – talk about being on the flip side of the other conversation. <laughs> Let's go from the grief camp where you're devoting yourself to others to just focusing on my own vanity. Yeah. Very that's proud great. Of okay. All right. All right. So well, that's I, the quickie. That's, that's the quickie. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. That was, that was a, a very, very unbelievable thing you did. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss on the show or someone that you want us to talk to, Send that topic or person our way at sextalkpodcast at gmail.com. Right. Even if it's plastic surgery on your vagina, let us know if you want us to talk about that. Because I happen to have some uh, some uh, ideas about that. Well, we also talked about that in our oh, vaginoplasty okay. episode. So oh, that, your ideas have been exposed. <laughs> okay, then. Well, any other plastic surgery questions, send them my way. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget, let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.